Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Brew Daddies. I'm one of the dads, Adam. And I'm Richard, the other dad. Today we are at Hellbender Brewing Company, another neighborhood favorite of ours. The it's a it's a northeast DC brewery, not far from last episode's brewery, Three Stars Brewery. They're actually within a mile of one another. Tell us a little bit about this place, Adam. Well, first off, Hellbender is actually a salamander. And that's what they named the brewery after. It's big. Like, it's a huge salamander. Neither of us have ever seen one in the wild. But we'll be talking to the uh, head brewer here a little bit later in the show. And he'll tell us a little bit more. One other thing I found when looking online. Hellbender is reviewed on Google by 47 people. And it's received 4.7 out of 5 stars. And all the comments are about just how people love the brewery, like the beer... And really enjoy the place. Yeah. So Hellbender has a unique brewing process, um, and that's not hyperbole. They actually brew in a way that uh, no one else in this area does, and I'm not sure there's anyone else in the United States who uses their special process. Yeah, I don't believe there is. This process is called a mash filtering brewing process. And it improves on traditional brewing systems by making it more efficient. Basically, they're able to grind up the grain into a really coarse flour. And if any of you out there are home brewers, you know, well, usually you just kind of crack the grain so that you can get access to the insides. You don't want to grind it to a flour because then you just have this big ball of dough. You can't really do anything with it. But their filtering system allows them to do this and extract a lot more starches out of those grains. In fact, a normal system gets about 70 to 80% of the starches, whereas their system gets almost 98%. And it also allows them to do things like brew beers from all wheat with no barley, which again, if you're a home brewer, you know how difficult wheat is to deal with, and they're able to do 100% wheat beers. So that's amazing. We're going to talk about uh, one of their 100% wheat beers in a little bit, but uh, Hellbender Brewery is just about, the time we're recording this, they are celebrating their third anniversary this weekend? In fact, yes. today. It, uh, is it today or yesterday? I can't remember. But this weekend, while we're recording, uh, they're celebrating, they're having a big party for their third anniversary. We couldn't make it because we had to record a podcast today. Hellbender self-distributes as many of the craft breweries in the Mid-Atlantic do. They distribute to bars and restaurants in the District of Columbia and the Maryland suburbs, particularly Montgomery County, Maryland. There's some in retail stores, but, but you really have to look for specialty, uh, specialty beer stores that are selling local craft beer to find uh, a six-pack of, of Hellbender for sale. But a lot of the bars that really like to have really like to serve local beers uh, have hellbender beers in a lot let's talk to ben evans the head brewer here how, how did you get started were you a home brewer uh, yeah I, I, the the story starts out pretty um pretty much i guess the same as a lot of people i, I started out home brewing um in college uh, actually bought my my brother and my myself we bought my dad a homebrew kit uh when we were both in college because we wanted to uh come home and drink the beer um but it ended up it's one of those kind of uh pre-hopped um or like yeah malt extract hopped things from like your mr beer kit 
and they just turned out awful uh, first couple times we brewed, and um, we pretty got pretty serious after that and started doing all grain. My sort of big break, I guess, uh, learning experience was the summer between college and grad school. Um, uh, joined a rugby team, and uh, one of the guys on my team was the head brewer at a uh, local brew pub and started inviting me over to brew on a 15-barrel system. So um, got a huge uh, break there. And uh, So, Ben, um, tell us how you came up with a name for this brewery. I know that's an interesting story. It is, yeah. So um, I was always kind of obsessed with reptiles and amphibians growing up especially with salamanders. The Hellbender is a giant salamander. Um, they're actually native to this, this region of the United States. Uh, you know, they used to be found uh, in the, the immediate waters uh, outside of D.C. Um, you know, I always kind of give three reasons on my tours and stuff why we chose the name. One, we, we wanted to have a local name without being obviously local. Um, and then the fact that Hellbenders, there's these giant three-foot-long, two-and-a-half-foot-long salamanders. Um, they, they're just a really cool animal, but they're also endangered. Uh, so that worked with our focus here on sustainability. And uh, lastly, we just thought the name sounded cool and would make a cool logo. So um, so speaking of sustainability, yeah, what do you do with the leftover grains, spent grains? Um, well, just minutes ago finished up loading them onto a truck uh headed out to um uh, brandywine maryland we give it all to a local farmer and uh, he feeds it to his cows and pigs so best part about that relationship is actually that um we get we trade cheese for beer on a pretty regular basis and uh he's also a, a internationally award-winning cheese maker um it's at, uh, pa bowen farmstead so um really really cool cool guy that's fantastic so so I know that um, here at Hellbender, you guys have a slightly different process for uh, the way you handle your mash to fit in with your whole sustainability idea. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, it's, it's pretty unique. Uh, we were actually um, second brewery in the world to get one of these kind of shrunken down versions of this uh, mash filter. It's um, not a new process. They've been using these uh, in Belgium for about 125 years. In fact, the company we use has been making these for 125 years. They came up with the idea in the first place. But we pulverize the grain into a powder um, rather than roughly crushing it. Uh, you know, long story short, there's a lot more surface area in the mash, um, so there's a lot more exposed starch for the enzymes to go to work on and uh, we get you know a, roughly about 98 uh, percent of the starch is converted to sugar generally you're running about 80 percent um, at a normal brewery so we just got to get a lot more out of a given amount of grain uh, than a traditional brew house we run the entire mash through this uh, giant filter uh, press and that's what uh, keeps us from getting a stuck mash so you know, so that basically all the all the solids get caught in this filter, and uh, the wort just runs up into the kettle, nice and clear. Um, so it's about 25% faster from start to finish than a traditional brew as well. So, yeah, the last thing is also that, that we press out uh, all of the moisture uh, from the from the batch in that mash filter press. So we use about 30% less water, 15% uh, less grain, and we're about 25% faster from start to finish. So that's a pretty cool system to work with. Yeah. Okay, great. We are here with Ben Evans, founder, co-founder and head brewer at Hellbender Brewery. Thank you, Ben, very much yeah, for joining us today much. and telling Thanks us so about much, your beers. Yeah, really appreciate, appreciate it. Coming. Yeah. All right. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, Hellbender Brewery's tasting room and brewery is in Northeast D.C., not far from Three Stars Brewery. The bartenders here are extremely knowledgeable about their brews. They really know what goes into them, what the hops are, what the grain profile is. 
what the flavor profile is. They can really tell you if you're looking for something specific. But as usual, we recommend try everything on the menu and uh, see what you like. Their tasting room is smaller than some of the other breweries, um, but but it can so it can be a little cramped if it's really really busy. But they recently expanded. They added some dartboards. They always have games, um, and they always have TVs with sports or movies on. So uh, it's a it's a nice bar feel, especially with one of our favorite things. They have these beautiful handcrafted tables. Yeah, they're just gorgeous tables. Uh, they really are beautiful. They've got a couple of big round tables that were made from cable spools, giant cable spools. One of their neighbors, uh, uh, an industrial, I mean, they're in a warehouse area, right? So one of their neighbors ha- had just left these sitting outside of the warehouse. And so they aged and, and the wood got really, um, um, you know, aged in the, in, the, in the sun and in the weather. It got weathered. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> the wood is weathered. But they took them, they cut it in half, and they really cleaned them up and made some really, really cool, big, round tables. Um, so uh, it's really a nice, nice tasting room, even if it is a little smaller than others. Food is something you got to think about. Yes, it is. They do have some snacks there. Potato chips. Let's be real. All they have is potato chips. And there are some food trucks that come there. But we had real problems finding out which food trucks were going to be there when. We looked at their website, wasn't really there. I do think it's in their Twitter feed somewhere. I don't think they tweet that, that often, man. I, really I don't, don't think so either. It may just be in the food truck tweets because I know the food trucks tweet where they're going to be. So it may take some finding. You may be able to call them and find out. But they do have food trucks there on the weekends. My advice is if you're planning, uh, my advice is to either... Eat before you get there. Maybe bring a little food with you, but don't plan on going to Hellbender and getting food. There may be food trucks there, but if you're counting on it, you'll end up hungry. You okay. could end up hungry. You could end up hungry. Yes. And you'll get some great bar, great uh, potato chips, but that's really your only going to be your only option. And there's no, I mean, they're in a warehouse district. There's no... Nothing around. There's no, there's no restaurant uh, without getting back in your car uh, or getting a ride. All right, so uh, one thing that they do have is fantastic beers. They are a good brewery. They make some really good beers for something that's only for a place that's only three years old. They know how to make good beer. So, Adam, why don't you tell us about the first beer that we tried? Sure. Okay, so the first beer we tried was called the Bare Bones Kolsch. It's a German style beer, and part of what that means is it's just barley, water, hops, and yeast. And in this particular beer, they use American-grown noble hops. And if you're not familiar with hops, there's four types of noble hops. Tetaninge, Saz, Hollertower, and Spalt. So I'm not quite sure which ones they used. You know, some of those are pretty similar in terms of their profiles. But it's those types of hops that they used in this beer. And it's also cold-temperature fermentation, which gives it a really dry, crisp quality really comes out in this beer, I think. It's a very crisp beer. Definitely, I think, dry, which is nice because it is malty, but it's not really a sweet, sickly malt. And there's some citrusy aromas that come out, I think, from the the hops. And it's a good Kolsch. I mean, I really enjoyed the beer. There wasn't really anything that I would say made it stand out, though. What was your impression? 
There's nothing. I mean, like you said, there wasn't anything I found that was particularly special about it. But, you know, it's a good beer. Yeah. It was yeah. a totally enjoyable drink. Yeah. Very traditional, very good beer. So the second beer we tried, very different than the first beer. This is the Ignite IPA. This is a really nice, clean, bitter beer. Not harsh bitterness, very clean bitterness, but they use a couple different types of hops in this beer. One is nugget hops, which can give a very nice, mild, herbal, flowery aroma type notes. In this case, though, I don't think it was very flowery. I think a little bit of that came through, but not too much. It also uses Centennial, which is a dual-purpose bittering and aroma hop, and was definitely used, I think, in both ways in this one. It's a very new hop, and it also gives a mild citrusy flavor. Very clean bitterness as well, which I think is very much imparted in this beer. And some floral hints. The last two hops that are used in this one are the Equinox and Citra. Now, the Equinox is a very distinctive aroma hop. Really nice citrusy aromas and flavors. Some papaya or apple hints, perhaps. And all of that really comes through nicely in this beer. The Citra, the name gives it away, also gives a little citrusy flavor. So all these hops are blended together very well in this beer to get a nice, clean bitterness, very nice aroma and flavor with all those citrusy notes, and just such a nice, balanced beer. Yeah, I found it to be a a really not-too-bitter IPA. I'm not a big fan of bitters. The more bitter a beer, the less I'm generally going to like it. Um, but this is a nice, clean IPA with just enough bitter to, to, to feel like an IPA and to enjoy the bitter without sort of having my whole face like shrivel up so the next beer very different than the last two is the redline american red ale the name pretty much says it all it's an american red ale now this particular beer uses some i think interesting hops uh, two of them mosaic tnt are pretty new hops especially the tnt both of them impart some tropical type flavors the mosaic very tropical whereas the tnt is more citrusy green fruit fruit flavors and it also uses chin hook hops which are a little bit more common and those give some nice citrusy and spicy flavors now there was in my opinion some slight harsh bitterness in this beer you know it has a much lower ibus than the ignite ipa and yet the bitterness seemed to me at least, a lot harsher than Ignite. Came through a lot more. The malts used really do provide a really nice honey toffee flavor. And to be honest, I really actually like the toffee flavor that it brings out. The problem I have with this beer is it doesn't really seem that all the flavors are integrated very well together. I'd agree with that, yeah. That was one of the problems that I had is it didn't, it didn't seem... I think the way I described it at the time was was my taste buds didn't know what to do with it. Yes. And, you know, it's unfortunate because even as is, it's still a good beer, something that I would drink. But if they got that integration a little bit better, I think it would be a really nice beer because the flavors are good. It, they just don't come together. So for the fourth beer that we looked at, this was their skip to the end, which is their newest IPA. 
And in this case, not only is it their newest IPA, but it was their newest beer on tap because they had just kegged it the day before. So it was really nice and fresh for us to taste. Like the previous beer, this one actually uses even newer hops. One of them is experimental still. The hops that it uses is one is called Ella, and the second is the Idaho 7 hops. Not a very catchy name, but that's because it's a more experimental hop. Both of these add some nice tropical flavors. Uh, the Idaho 7 also has a bit of pine in there as well. Now, this IPA was a little bit more bitter than the Ignite that we tried. A little bit higher on the IBUs. Still a very nice beer, and the, the, the bitterness, while a little harsher maybe, a little more intense, still wasn't unpleasant. And it was a very well-balanced beer as well. I mean, this one was very well integrated between the flavors, aromas, and the bitterness. Wasn't quite as good as the Ignite, I would say. I mean, a very nice beer, something I would drink anywhere. It was. It, it, it's a good IPA. Yeah. I think the way you put it is, if I was at a party and this was being served, I would drink it happily. But if there was an Ignite there, I'd drink that instead. What else we got, Adam? Tell us about another beer here at Hellbender Brewery. Well, the next one is called Brett Present. So I, there, I don't there, understand that. There is an exclamation point in it. I think it's a reference to a television show. I believe you're correct, but mm -hmm. one that I did not see. So Brett Present is their first sour beer and the only tart sour beer they have on tap. It's not a very funky sour. Or actually, I think it is a funky sour. It's yeah, not I, a very found... sour sour, I guess I would say. Yeah, it's more funky than sour. Yes. And... A lot of the, the bacteria that's used imparts a lot of the sourness to the beer. Whereas the yeast can also impart a lot of funkiness as well in complement to the bacteria that's used. And, you know, I talked before with you about, you know, how I don't... Sours don't... aren't my favorite thing, let's put it right. that way. And that sometimes the flavor could be something not very pleasant that we won't discuss on the air. <laughs> Thank um, you. And what I realized is what it is, is the bacteria that's really used to sour beers pretty similar to what's used to make yogurt. Aha. Uh -huh. I despise the taste of yogurt. <laughs> well, that'll, that'll do it. So there we go. That's why a lot of times the sourness that's in the beer I just don't like. Yeah, I'm, I, uh, I'm a big fan of, of sours. Uh, I like sour beer. Um, I don't like funky i like sour this is a little more funky than i like but it's a nice first attempt from my perspective that's exactly what i was going to say because for me i prefer the funky side rather than the sour side so i actually really liked this beer the last beer that we tried was a dunkelweiss or dunkelweiss dunkelweiss yes. dunkelweiss thank you for the german lesson <laughs> my pleasure now petition yeah, as we spoke about in the beginning, their their unique filtering system that they use, this Dunkelweiss, or Weissen. Dunkelweiss. Dunkelweiss. Call it a Dunkelweiss. Dunkelweiss is one of the few beers in the world that is brewed without any barley. It's 100% <gasps> no wheat. 100% wheat? It is 100% wheat. Now, this beer is also open fermented. You know, some of that is supposed to impart some really nice flavors, clove flavors, banana flavors. 
Unfortunately, I didn't really taste that. What did come through were those nice, nutty, malty flavors. And boy, did I really like those nutty flavors. It was really, really nice. Again, it was more of a dry malty flavor, I would say, rather than a syrupy malty flavor, which is good. And it's a very light-tasting beer, even though it's a dark-colored beer. So I enjoyed this beer quite a bit. Yeah, I like a Dunkelweisse. Um, I'm not often a huge wheat fan. Um, this Dunkelweisse is a dark, nutty, f more full-bodied wheat beer. Um, it's really, it tastes like a wheat beer. It's a, it's a good, uh, a flavorful beer. It's got a little, it's got the darkness, the nuttiness comes from the darkness, I think, but it's not syrupy. It's not sweet. So it's a nice, it's a nice wheat beer. Let's see what other people think about the beers here at Hellbender Brewery. Tell me your name. Uh, my name is Ben Stewart. And your name? Caitlin Stewart. Is this your first time here or have you been here before? No, yeah, this, this is our first time here. We've, uh, we, we live over in, in Brookland, so we're not too far away. There's a couple of breweries over there. We're, we're big fans of lots of breweries in D.C., and we've actually talked about how this is one we've never been to before, and it was just odd. It's sort of like we always think every time we see Hellbender Brewery in bars, we're like, all right, we should go visit that place. So what, what do you think about Hellbender, about the beer? Good. I thought it, the red was really good. Yeah, I really like the red. I really like the Dunkelweiss. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like I the Brett a lot. Well, I usually hate Bretts. I hate sour beers. And I keep trying them because I feel like this is like an entire world of beer that I'm missing. And every time I try, I'm like, no, I just, I just can't get into this. But I quite like the Brett. The that Brett with peaches especially. funky without being sour. Yeah, maybe that was it. I like that. Well, Ben and Caitlin, thank you so Thanks. much for speaking to us today. One of the things that we both found, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, is that this is one of the cleanest, most organized brewing facilities we've ever seen. It was when we walked into the back of the tasting room, when we walked into the brewing facility, uh, I'm a bit of a neat freak and my jaw hit the ground. I was just like, oh my, if my house were this clean, <laughs> I would be a happy, happy guy all the time. Um, it, the floors were immaculate. I didn't see grain anywhere on the floor. This place was gorgeous. It's also very technologically advanced. I mean, everything was computerized. I think they use that to good advantage to brew really nice beers, to control everything very easily. So we highly recommend taking the tour. If you're interested in the brewing process and you're interested in how beers are made and you're interested in breweries generally, which we assume you are if you're listening to the podcast, you definitely should take the tour at Hellbender. Is there anything else you, you want to add about Hellbender? You know, I think you've covered most everything. It's a fun brewery, I think. And it's got really good beer. It's great atmosphere. And I think that's borne out, again, in those Google reviews that we saw. I mean, they were really positive reviews about going there, going again, and enjoying the time there. It is very family-friendly as well. Yep. So if you'd like to visit Hellbender Brewery, uh, their tasting room is open Thursdays and Fridays in the evenings and Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, through the early evening. I think they open around noon or one on Saturdays and Sundays um, and till six or seven on the weekends until about nine o'clock on Thursdays and Fridays. You can find all the details at hellbenderbeer.com and you can follow them on Twitter and get updates there at hellbenderbeer. 
And remember, if you like what you heard, please go to iTunes and rate us. You know, it's Apple Podcasts now. We're supposed oh, to say, that's right. please go to Apple Podcasts and give us a recommendation. We're not supposed to say iTunes anymore. Oops. <laughs> so, like Adam said, please go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, give us a rating, and tell all your friends about Brew Daddies. Brew Daddies.